This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joined now by my good friend at Go247, Shay Dixon. Shay, how you uh, how you holding it up, man? I'm doing well, man. It, uh, let's see. We didn't get to hang out at like the opening this year uh, or any events in terms of seven on seven. So it's, that's where we usually cross paths. I'm a bit bummed out, Ivan's. I know. I know. It seems like every time I talk to someone that's not like out of region, we always bring up how we didn't have the opening um, this year. But people don't want to hear about the opening Shay, I wanted to bring you on um, the podcast today because this is the third one in a row. I've kind of had a guest host and I'm running out of storylines. I'm just kidding. Um, The college football season is pretty much here. uh, And the team you cover last season, LSU, was really the darling um, uh, for college football. You know, they went 15 and 0, won the college football playoff, had a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, first round draft picked in Joe Burrow. Uh, and I, I was kind of spinning, thinking about this in my head. You know, LSU basically was the cream of the crop last season in football. And I think, you know, maybe there's a chance that happens this year or they have as good of a season, but it's looking like it's not likely given everything that LSU has lost. Um, so I wanted to bring you on and ask you, first off, how just how big of a recruiting bump did LSU get um, from that magical season? Well, you know, I think there's a, a few parts to this, and actually, you um, you're kind of involved in one of them. I'll save that for the back end. Uh, but look, first, I would say this, and this is what I think people don't think about. So, in mid March, the NCAA shut down spring ball everywhere and said no visits anymore in person. And that took away the eval period and that took away the summer um, camp period and, and certainly two big stretches that are really important to kids being evaluated and offered and you building your board and everybody's in that same boat. So uh, whether you know, you're playing at the highest level of FBS or, or down at the FCS level, uh, everyone's dealing with the same thing. Now, one thing I think that LSU's had to deal with that maybe doesn't sting everybody else as much as this. Remember this, Ivans. Right before the season kicked, LSU revealed a brand new locker room, and it's got all those sleeping pods, and they just updated football ops completely, and their weight room had been updated, um, and they play what six home games. They bring kids in really for half of those. You know, the big marquee home games uh, they brought kids in for. They were able to host them on visits, and then they said, "Okay, look, we're gearing up for a twenty-one class in twenty twenty-two, and we just went fifteen and zero, and." And we're going to be able to bring all these kids to football ops to see not only the weight room, not only the um, the updated locker room, all this stuff that you know they had renovated and really pays off on a visit, but the Heisman Trophy sitting there, the National Championship Trophy sitting there, the SEC Championship Trophy sitting there, the Bolitnikoff, the Coach of the Year, all of these different things. And when we've seen kids make visits each offseason to Bama, 
to Clemson, and let's use them as the most recent examples of teams that have won national championships. What are the five stars doing? They're hanging out with their family, taking pictures with the trophies. They get caught up and swept up in a big weekend, and all of a sudden, Bama or Clemson is leading for them, and, and they're in a great spot. LSU has not had a kid on campus to see a trophy or anything, nothing. And it's been since mid-March. It's almost as if, sure, you saw them win and you got to experience that on TV. But until you go there and you see the fruits of the labor with the trophies and you meet with the coaches face-to-face and you see that the facilities are up there with the best in the country, that's what changes it for recruits and for parents. And I've talked to coaches at LSU. I've talked to the parents of commitments. I've talked to kids who are still targets. And all of them say the same thing, which I'm sure you're hearing now plenty, is that I'm tired of Zoom calls. We can only do so much over Zoom or the phone. And they've done virtual tours and all this, but it's worn itself out. And now they've kicked the can down the road until October is the earliest visits can happen. With them just trying to play college football, I don't see how they're going to allow kids to be on campuses or at games or or that sort of thing when you don't even know the status of fans. So I think the first part of your question, which I'm interested to just hear your thoughts on, is that I think that LSU is hit harder by no visits than anybody because they had the most to ride high on. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I mean, I didn't even I didn't really think of it as so. And I guess we should take a, a step back. I mean, LSU signed what the. Uh, number four class in the country last year in the, in the 2020 yeah. cycle. And a majority of that class was in place before the college football playoff run. I mean, obviously it helped being undefeated right. playing in those CBS games. So I, I don't really think LSU got that big of a bump in that class. But the 2021 class is when you would want to see the fruits of your labor. I mean, that's when you should be kind of cleaning it up. And like you said, they really haven't had a chance to get kids on campus. I think what uh, maybe there was, uh, did they even do a junior day in, in January or March? They didn't. They did a kind of a small, it wasn't an official junior day. It was, they did a couple of weekends of where bring a handful of kids in from 2021 and 2022, but they were banking everything on, well, we're going to go heavy on official visits in the spring. Let's, Let's make this payoff right now and start knocking down dominoes in the 2021 class and getting ahead for 2022 with some unofficial visitors. But that was their big plan. Uh, and it went out the window the second that they shut everything down, which was before official visits were allowed. Let me, let me ask you this, Jay. So right now, it, when we look at the, the 24-7 sports uh, composite team rankings, LSU is number three nationally, uh, second in the SEC. They're behind Ohio State. In Alabama, I mean, there's a ton of talent committed to this class. Are you are you saying you think maybe it would be even better if uh, there was an open period where some of these kids could come inside the facilities, see those sleeping pods, um, check out the national championship trophy, or do you think they'd be in the same spot they're in right now? I think they'd be in a much better spot. And when I look, they're number three in the country, but and they put together a very good class. But I think one thing people are looking around and saying is. Well, where are the offensive tackles? And Tristan Lay is one who certainly they're in the mix for. He's a five-star and he's a beast. And I think had he visited again in the spring, he could have popped. Thomas Fedoni, the number one tight end in the country, said on record, I probably would have gone to LSU had I ever been able to visit, but I just couldn't. And I also love Nebraska. My family loves Nebraska. We're from here. My buddies are on the team. And 
they were in a heated race with him, but I mean, he said it, Hey, look, I'm probably would have wandered up down there had I visited. And you go back to just tackles at the time, LSU was in the mix for Amarius Mims, Nolan Rucci, um, JC Latham, um, you know, Tristan Lee, Savion Bird, um, Garrett Dellinger, all of these really big name top 100 offensive linemen. And so they got Dellinger to pop, but nobody else yet. And I'm not saying they would have stolen Amarius Mims or that they would have beaten out a couple of teams for Rucci or that Ohio State or Bama couldn't, you know, teams like that wouldn't have ultimately won out for guys like Latham or Brockermeyer. But you get them on campus and that, you know, if you have eight of them that come through in a two-month span, you're going to end up getting into the lead for one or two of them and maybe popping them. So I do think had they been able to have official visits, most notably for these big-name out-of-state kids that they – the commitment class would have one, two, three more guys in it right now than it already does. I feel that very firmly. Given the people you talk with, and I know for the average listener that isn't, you know, studying uh, rankings lists, you just threw a ton of names out there. I mean, I'll, I'll just say like, those are all top 100 blue chip guys, all American type guys. So it's not like you're just uh, average, talking about the average three star or anything like that. But do you think, there's a fear in you. I mean, you've really been hinting at this. If, if you're LSU that like your window to capitalize is slipping just because we're entering the 2020 season. We've seen all the opt outs for LSU. We know Dave Aranda has gone. It, it, this is going to be a completely different team. And I'm not saying LSU is going to you know go four and six or something crazy like that, but it's going to be real hard to be uh, in the national spotlight like they were last season. Am, am I wrong there? Is there a fear uh, or concern from anyone in Baton Rouge about that window slipping? You know, no, because I think that they've, the mood of the program, the, the sort of philosophy, and I think most importantly, offensively has changed. They're not going back to the last miles years. They're not going back even to 2018 of what the offense we saw in Burroughs first year was. I think that, they're pretty fully committed to what we saw from Joe Brady and Steve Insmere's offense a year ago. And they've got Insmere back, obviously. And they've got a guy in Miles Brennan who's been around long enough to where I think he's going to shock a lot, a lot of people. Um, now, he didn't get to have spring. He gets an abbreviated summer. He gets kind of an odd fall camp when you're still working under a 20-hour rule by the, the NCAA. I think that all of that certainly means, yes, there's going to be hiccups. But and you're not playing any non-conference games to kind of even warm yourself up in different spots. So you're fast out of the gate in the SEC, but I think that's where everyone is. And I look at LSU schedule, and I think that the only games that they should be losing or that should be dogfights are Auburn, Alabama, and Florida. And they don't play Georgia this year. Um, beyond that, I don't think the A&Ms of the world, the Mississippi State's Ole Misses, even with all of the roster turnover, LSU still got plenty of talent. I mean, they've been, you mentioned a year ago, a top five class. They've been running off top five classes for a decade. It's just about how to utilize that talent. And I think that they've figured out how to do that. And even if they go eight and two or seven and three, I think given the the landscape right now, the mood of college football, people knowing there's opt-outs, there'll be more for all teams as we move into the season. There'll be injuries. People will understand that your record is going to look different than it normally would. I think just as long as their offense isn't moving back to the Stone Age, which I don't believe it will be, and um, and as long as they don't just sort of completely unravel like they did a few years ago. You can remember when Orgeron was trying to build up the program, 
they went to Mississippi State and lost by 30, and then they lost to Troy. So you felt then that, oh, man, this is absolutely off the rails. And within two years, they had won a national championship. So I think it'll be interesting to see. I don't think that they fear that at all. You know, the, the window might be slipping. I think that, if anything, they're focused on how are we making sure we're still closing the gap on Bama and Clemson and Ohio State and the teams that have been in the playoffs and recruit very well each year. And and I think that they're doing that with another top five class. And and I mentioned a minute ago, and you said it, when what, you know, kind of the key, obviously, to, to maintaining a high level of, you know, a high level program is is recruiting. That's the lifeblood of the program. And when you say, when does the national championship really pay off for you? I would think it's 2022, right? Because yeah. these kids are 2021, they're seniors. Well, as you noted, the class they just signed, all of them were signed in December before they even won a national championship. And then when they won a national championship, they're already up to 10, 12 commits. A lot of the national kids, the quarterbacks, for instance, are already committed to schools. And you just sort of have already put in that work with these kids to where, yeah, I mean, winning the national championship was huge. It means a lot to them, but that window is still small. I mean, it's still less than a year until they sign. You actually broke the, what I thought was the first big story of when it would pay off for LSU in the 2022 class when down in Florida, the number one player in the country, Shamar Smith, goes and says, yep, yeah, LSU is, well, you said it, LSU kind of feels like his leader. He talks to him all the time. He loves him. And then we've started to dig it a little deeper and LSU feels like, yeah, we're in a great spot for Shamar Smith and Walter Nolan and um, Malik Silla and, um, you know, and a handful of national kids on the offensive and defensive line that when they were sophomores in high school, when they first got the, into their recruiting, they look up on the TV and LSU's owning everything. So I think that's the kids that you catch early on in high school, their sophomore year, and all they remember of you through being recruited is that you won a national championship. And I think that will help them carry themselves into kind of beyond that 2019 season and put together a solid class here. But really shoot for the you know the fences in 2022 it's funny i i had written down right here ask you do you think the 2022 class could be ed orgeron's best ever uh at, at lsu and look i mean it's really early uh but the tigers do have the number one ranked class in in the class of 22 i i think they have more more people committed than anyone else but they got a quarterback in walker howard who who's a kid from louisiana a few other guys you mentioned Shamar Stewart, who's the five-star defense alignment from my neck of the woods here in Miami at, at Monsignor Pace. You know, I have him crystal ball to LSU, but I also got uh, American Heritage Plantation cornerback Earl Little Jr., who's a Miami legacy. I have my crystal ball in LSU for him as well. So they seem to be in a really good spot in the class of 2022. Um, circling back to the 2021 class, I guess what would be a kind of dream finish for the Tigers and you can make this you know as real realistic as you want or unrealistic I mean everyone always asks me on my on my message board hey give me give me a dream finish I'm like well do you want me to pump sunshine or do you do you want me to uh kind of sift through and and tell you what's what's realistic and um I I will point out in in the last episode of the college football recruiting podcast you know we had uh Greg Biggins on and explained that he thinks Georgia's probably the team to beat for five-star defense alignment, Corey Foreman, but he thinks LSU might be uh, running number two for him. 
Yeah, and I think that's fair. And I think that they're working right now to get Foreman down to campus uh, here soon to do something similar to what Georgia did uh, when they were able to get him in on an unofficial, even if you can't have contact with the staff, that just getting him down would be big. Uh, look, I'll play uh, – I know what the dream finish for LSU would be because I read an article on it recently. I'll play this game with you. I'll say the name. You just tell me your national gut feel. I may be too close to the the scene here with LSU, but so here's on it. Uh, Mason Smith, five-star defensive lineman, Louisiana's number one prospect. I think they've got a good shot there. Well, I mean, I, there's a college coach I talk with that says there's no way Mason Smith is leaving the state of Louisiana after they won a national championship. So yes, I would agree. Okay. We touched on Foreman there. It sounds like uh, the one-time Clemson commit. If he does play in the SEC, it seems as if Georgia and LSU would be uh, the teams to watch. Okay, Brian Thomas Jr., who we have as the number two receiver in the country, is the number two player in Louisiana. Him and Sage Ryan might be right about the same spot, but this was a Bama was is a Bama LSU battle, and both have three wide receiver commits, all ranked in the top kind of ten, fifteen nationally. The winner of this one gets the winner of the best recruiting class in terms of receiver in the country, in my opinion. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. You would have a better feel of that than, than me. Yeah. I think, I think that, I think that he'll wind up staying in state. That's where my crystal ball prediction is at the moment. Um, we touched on Tristan Lee, uh, five-star offensive tackle. I think that's going to be their O-line hall because I'll throw in the other two here, Diego pounds and Savion bird. I know pounds is kind of trended to Penn state bird has always been thought to be SMU. And then Oklahoma started to surge, but, you kind of get the sense of what I'm saying is they want some offensive tackles and I think their best bet might be Lee. Okay. Well, Shay, uh, it was, it was a pleasure having you on, on the podcast. And uh, I guess I should have asked, I mean, everything good with the, uh, the hurricane that, that went through Louisiana where in your, your parts. Yeah. It sort of went um, west of Baton Rouge and, and hit Lake Charles. And I know uh, a lot of people there have, uh, been trying to get back on their feet but they've got it's uh, been good to see the teams lsu tulane ul everybody around the state um has driven in to help and uh it's kind of probably a lot like what you see with florida um you know when certain parts get hit and the rest of the state tries to pitch in and do what they can so uh yeah people are back on their feet i think that everybody around here is uh is ready for what the 26 so however many days that is from today is is when lsu is going to kick off their football season and and boy, it's it doesn't seem real that we actually are going to have some uh, some college football again. Yeah, probably anywhere from like twenty three to like twenty days, depending on when you're listening to this episode. Shay, tell the listeners where they can find your work and, and plug the uh, plug the site. Yeah, go twenty four seven g e a u x two four seven. Like uh, Ivan's was talking about, we think they've got what top three class right now, but they've got seven eight spots left to fill. We'll be doing a bunch of recruiting stuff. And, hey, I think this is going to be a fun year to watch LSU football. I'll leave you on this note. This is what we did in college is uh, we were big recruiting fans. We went to LSU, and they would win games, you know, and then by the fourth quarter, start of the fourth, mid-fourth quarter, everybody leaves because they're blowing them out. Well, that's when we stayed till because we wanted to see all the kids who just signed that were going in for the first time and we're going to play some scrap minutes and, and we would think that was like the coolest thing ever because if not, we would have to wait another two years to actually see them playing full time. That's what we're getting this year. We're ready to see everybody play. I'm about to see everybody LSU signed last year getting reps probably. So I'm excited for it. Well, thanks, Shay. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.